Hello, welcome back everybody. Here at the Trobe again today. It's an interesting morning for me. A bit cool. It's supposed to be a hot one on the way. And I'm feeling this call to create something, to embody, to allow. What I've been wanting to go into a deeper direction with the podcast again in 22, and then building into 23. And that's not only working with the goddess, the shadow queen, and transforming that perception of the, the goddess, the, the queen, into the subconscious mind, the feminine, but only embodying it in a deeper perspective, giving yourself full permission to be the shaman, be a spiritual awakened person, be prosperous, be authentic, but also consciously received in this reality, which can be difficult to receive from a mindset that perceives our caste as unworthy of receiving. So perhaps you can perceive or see where I'm going with this. And it's if you're new to the podcast, my background was a corporate chartered accountant for almost a decade, and then moved into what I was always inspired and passionate about, studied at uni with Commerce Accounting, and that is English literature, writing books, stories, producing content. So it's now around about a decade at each, half of my professional working life in both. And the contrast of that reality, which was segmented by walking a spiritual pilgrimage, is what created this greater awareness to perceive how it could fall into certain programming loops of awareness, archetypes in effect, that can block our ability to receive. And while I would argue or suggest it's still us, we're the ones that create the reality, we embody the frequency of worthiness, the preservedness. I'll just show you some ducks over here, they love it. Sorry for people who can't see that on the listening to the podcast on, on Anchor or Apple or the, any of the other streaming services. But if you want to see the visual version, head over to Spotify. But yes, this is kind of part of the point, even with the ducks and being in nature and being in a space of awareness where we're worthy of receiving. Even the ability to receive, for me, transition from corporate to creativity is there's a different level of abundance perceived and that's the kind of difficulty that can be that can occur that when we make a drastic life change or when we do something more in a light with our heart particularly someone who if you're interested in this or coming across this you're quite likely go through some form of spiritual awakening you're more aware of the law of attraction your ability to attract certain things, people, situations, along with your heart space. Live from the heart, like Paulo Coelho's protagonist, Santiago, in The Alchemist. But at the same time, what can cause this difficulty for the ability to receive in the heart is this belief that we're a victim because we're not receiving in the same way we used to. And when I talk about ducks and nature and perception of abundance and receiving that is a part of it so what i'm getting at with that even in this ability to receive and a different means of receiving i guess you can look at it from another a conceptual perspective 
and while I'm talking through concepts, words, language, it's probably the best way to explain that, isn't it? But at the same time as I'm speaking, when we go through an awakening perspective and more aware of energy, what we get drawn to is more the energy behind the words and the experience. And that's part of the receiving also that when I went through the awakening experience, particularly right after I left corporate, I had a lot of savings behind me and I sold my car. I, I bankrolled the first 12 months really of travel and learning and I still had this intention to receive straight away. I wanted to have my books published by a traditional publishing house. I thought I'd have some form of contract with them and that would help facilitate my ability to earn royalties on my first work, the Camino Pilgrimage story. And I would be able to segue that into other types of books. I was craving safety in that. And I did, part of that safety was understandable because we want some level of income, isn't it? And we're all gonna earn income to survive in some form, unless we wanna be dependent on others. But what I'd also, perceived on the Camino, which is slightly counterintuitive to this and difficult for an ego that was transitioning to a, a spiritual ego in a full space to receive, was going through corporate and in effect a, a king or a queen energy, a, a, a business mindset to the spiritual awakening perspective, that that's truth seeker. When you do that, which a Camino can foster, and it can be a temporary experience or can develop into a longer term experience like me, you are changing the archetype. You are actively saying, I'm on a truth-seeking mission or purpose. Like Julia Roberts, which she played Liz in Eat, Pray, Love. She has the corporate, she, well, not corporate, she's a creative writer, but very successful in that endeavour. But when she, you know, when she, I won't spoil too much of the movie, but when she starts making these changes in relationships and she says that intention to God, I want to do something with my heart, her reality starts to collapse. Relationships collapse, work opportunities, her financial situation. And she goes fully deep into that truth seeker archetype for, for 12 months. And a consequence of that, which you may also be relating to or going through at the moment, is that when you change the frequency of the character or archetype you're embodying, you necessarily create a different reality. And that can be difficult when you are looking at your worth or everything you've used to affirm your worth, which is disconnected about, is necessarily taken away. So if you were attached, understandably, to safety, <laughs> possessions, home, relationships, to connect more with the heart, which doesn't, it's not so much interested in concept. The heart has to break through concepts to be more of a being rather than a pure doing space. They necessarily need to collapse. But at the same time, and this is where it's been a bit of a, a trick for me, it's still in a state of abundance, even when you don't have the money falling in. Because abundance can also be sitting in a park looking at the looking at the sun you know sitting in fresh air moving into places of nature uh, giving yourself self-love self-worth i pause there for a second because it's almost difficult to to explain the state of abundance because it's a state of being beyond 
conceptual receiving. It's going away from even the need to receive external worth. So when you don't need the others or the things to provide the worth, that's abundance as well. That's abundant worthiness that doesn't need the things. But of course it does get to a space or a state that that, that can't last forever unless you want to live on the fringes of external reality. And what I feel drawn particularly, I'd say the last 12 to 24 months, I've been more inclined to talk about, but it's been developing on and off as I've gone through different states of consciousness, is as I left corporate and went more into the full energy that Julia Roberts embodied as Liz in Eat, Pray, Love, and that true seeker and that developed over the next few years, even though that was a, a period of, of not earning a lot of financial income in my bank account, that was an era of creative time of producing and developing a lot of the content that would become my business. So either what Ekatole also talks about, either when it feels like not much is happening, no thing is happening. That can be the time when a lot of things are birthing in our reality, like when you, you plant the seeds of the tree, and you, you know, I'm surrounded by a lot of big trees here in Latrobe, and this uni, although the land's obviously been here for the eons and the indigenous people looked after this land, in terms of a lot of the trees that have been planted on here, they're only 40, 50 years old. And they started out as seedlings, but what happened is as they're planted, they develop and they grow. And, you know, you can't look at it every day. If you keep looking at that, you might not always see the growth. But it's a similar thing on the awakening journey, either when we, we move from that, that state of our identity. And then for me, it was a corporate guy, but it can be anything. Anything can create a, a spiritual awakening change or shift. Doesn't really matter what it is, but a lot of the time what it is is connected to the identity that was so conditioned or conditional that was creating suffering in external reality. Either the seeming successful or unsuccessful one, because both of them can do that. And one where we're attached to success can often be <laughs> we're never happy, we're never satisfied. And while there's a desire for always growth and development and change, which is entrepreneurial also, which is I do feel a move into that space, but the one that's never satisfied and is always trying to change and fix others or never feels good enough, that's equally as difficult to perceive as one that is seemingly unsuccessful <laughs> and is fed up with because uh, they both have a victim or self-reported self-pity aspect that doesn't connect with the heart because they're both coming from different extremes one can be very um in the head it feels like they're, they tell story then they driven for success but they never feel enough and one's maybe more in the, in the ground the earth but they have the block on the ability to receive they get lost up in all the things so the, the shift in the identity that occurs through having the awakening experience does create shifts in external reality. There's a balance between the internal and external. The body, the form, and the energy behind it. And in effect, the, the, the environment that manifests for that. But what I'm getting at, even with me in that full energy, that truth seeker, pilgrim, throw no baggage energy, either when it seems like we have nothing, that, that's where a lot of the creative work is, can develop. And for Throno, for example, for Lord of the Rings fans, like that's where the building of his character. When he's he has nothing, he's into the wild, but he, he has to connect with his heart and he, he meets obstacles and challenges. But at the same time, the ability to that 
addiction and manifest was also having a lot of time on his own in, in nature, the shy. If you read the books, he spent years wandering the fields before he even, it's not so clear in the movie because it just happens very quickly. But in the books, it, this was a manifestation that developed over a long period of time. And he had a, his adopted uncle or grandfather, I think it was his uncle, Bilbo, told him all these stories as a child. So they developed you know, the, the dream, the imagining was always developing and it needed what, you know, we call the, the vortex of S.A. Bram Hicks. It was in the vortex to throw that. The dream was there. And even when, whether for you personally, if you've got these hard oriented desires, your reality is quite likely already collapsed and it's now changing and there's certain things occurring and you want to grant and embody it. But a helpful recognition of, of abundance and the ability to receive is, is to perceive that everything that's occurring now is actually resolved simply from the manifestations, the desires that were in the vortex that created the necessary change. And a helpful way to be in more of the abundant frequency is to reframe the perspective on it. So what I'm getting at here also with nature and abundance and and moving beyond having to be in the fringes, this story that we're so different that we have to hide, or you know, if we're not vaccinated, we can't be around other people, or we, or we need to not associate with other people, or we shouldn't use our voice. <laughs> it's a balance because we, when we're dealing to come back into the reality, if we're too hostile to that reality, if we want to smash up all the pieces and, and, and bring down all the walls, we can block ourselves off the ability to receive within that reality. So we need to become somewhat of the Nagual, the shaman, an initiate, a magician, don't we, to get back into that space. And it's not to lose our authenticity, but the ability to receive in a different way. And while I've been talking about receiving abundance-wise, being in nature, having heart-opening experiences, all that, to then want to share these gifts, these talents, to embody it in a, a more manifested form for me, publishing of books and receiving from the books it's important to come back into more of the marketing perspective come back into well where's the audience for the content the books the information that i'm wanting to share develop embody and allow myself to both receive from allow the audience to receive from but yes at the same time we don't want to get lost in that world that we've de developed so much awareness when we stepped away from it it's a bit of an interesting one, isn't it? I think for me, and feel it intuitively, it's really walking both. When you have the, the spiritual awakening, and, the, and that can be, you know, as I already mentioned, that can occur from a number of different means or methods or purposes. But it's not like going to secondary school or high school yet, isn't it? It's not like everybody's going through that at a certain age group or, or high school. It, it's still, and I feel it will change, but this is still somewhat of a minority at this point that are going through the awakening perspective. So there's two ways to look at it. And I've seen both sides of this, but if we want to receive authentically completely, we can con completely connect with that somewhat minority network. It's a minority compared to the, the whole majority of the, of the population. But while that might not be a relative minority, Aaron Dowdy's come to my head, for example. Aaron Dowdy is a very talented YouTuber. I used to watch his stuff, particularly in 
Yeah, the, oh, I'd say probably around 2017, 18, I really got into it. And I occasionally pop back onto his account. I think he's incredible. He's, he's talked about his journey around. He's a similar age to me and, and their entrepreneurial mindset. But it's interesting. He would probably look at it. He's got one and a half million subs. Pretty, and that's subscribers to his channel. He's probably got 100 million, 200 million views on all his videos. That doesn't sound like a minority, does it? You know, a population of six billion. But for me, and this is, it's coming out in somewhat of a stagnant way. I think Aaron's been completely authentic to all these videos and his content, and and he, he delivers in such an authentic way. And his experience is that experience, and he talks about that. And my experience is slightly different. That I was part of that world. I was part of corporate. I surrounded myself with a lot of people in this reality. Ten years in a in a in a, in a space where although it might not be con directly connected to my heart, I still met a lot of wonderful people. And while they might not necessarily be going through an awakening, that doesn't mean they can't necessarily access the information from a different perspective. So this is the point for me. Do you? When you go through that awakening perspective, do you focus purely on, on the people that can simply relate? Or do you build it into a bigger brand that can relate on different levels? I'm feeling more of the latter. But I can also see why, why people like Aaron, perhaps, have been more focused on the seemingly minority. But it's not a minority when you've got one and a half million subs, a hundred million. Because there's still millions of people out there. Joseph Rodriguez, again, would be another YouTuber who talks about this stuff. He's probably, um, I kind of fit between both, but he's a bit more business-oriented, and he builds and talks about similar concepts that Aaron talks about, with spiritual awakening, law of attraction, Neville Goddard, um, imagination creates reality, think and grow rich. But he talks about, interestingly, from a consulting perspective, and also having been in corporate like me, a lot of people in corporate actually already apply these ideas that are connected to spiritual awakening. The idea that our energy and our imagination and the way we perceive energy and imagination, our thoughts, beliefs about reality, create that reality. And that, while that's been described as law of attraction to some, it's also the power of the subconscious mind, the Dr. Joseph Murphy. There's all these tools and techniques that high in corporate are already applying. Steve Jobs, for example, of Apple would read Think and Grow, not, not only Think and Grow Rich, he did apply that, but um, Autobiography of the Yogi. All about the subconscious mind and the goddess principle of Paramahansa Yogananda in India. Seems completely different worlds. The world of Apple, I'm recording this on an Apple phone at the moment. And ancient, not ancient India, but India about 100 years ago, when Paramahansa Yogananda was around, in, in India, and then he came to America, and he bridged those two different worlds of the of Eastern spirituality, and in effect brought that to the West, to the America, to integrate that to a mindset, prosper, prosperity perspective. You know, Yogananda. What does it mean? Uh, bliss, Yogananda, Pama. I think if you look it up, yoga is union. Yeah, and under bliss. So union of bliss, and I can't remember what Paramahansa, you might want to leave that in the comments on me, heaps, but his name, which he took, because that's not his actual original name, I think his name was Lagroche, um, his surname, he, he had 
intended to build on all the teachings of it with his ashram and his, and his yogi that he had, autobiography of the yogi, and he brought that to the West and he, he built and developed it to a larger audience. So you can see here, even with abundance, and what I've been having difficulty with is I've probably been more in the arid state at some level. I've been hanging out on the, on the, on the fringes while my world, my external reality has been pulling me back into Melbourne, for example, pulling me back into corporate, pulling me back into situations where I can make the work accessible on different levels. So you might be wondering how do you do that if you're a, if you're a shaman, for example, well, you, you know, how, how would you would you go to a Catholic church and say, I'm a shaman and I work with spirit guides and power animals and, <laughs> and yeah, I'm cutting cords of attachment to systems and beliefs that no longer serve me. For me, I do all that. And I do that through my writing. I write a book, uh, in the first, my first inspired book experience, The Walk of the Camino de Santiago. That's me walking a Catholic pilgrimage, but ultimately making that relatable to shamanic work, to working with the goddess, goddess work, paganism, wicca, cross-consciousness, awareness. I talk about all of it, and that's because that's what I'm passionate about, and I bring, I see how they're all interconnected. And that's what can be a different means to get your work out into the world, is that, yes, you can focus on the, the clients that want to come to you, and I still believe in that. And I think particularly when we're building that, we're allowing that energetic shift to come in, but we don't want to filter the message too much, do we? We don't want to dilute it, but we don't need to go out and scream, this is what we're all about. It still is that Buddhism middle way. And for me, I think, even to, to what, if I want to connect with the external audience, which I do, and I want that to relate to them, if I'm trying to, to, if I'm filtering my message too much as well, if I'm afraid of saying my, I'm into shamanism, spiritual awakening, I believe our minds is creating reality, I'm not going to connect with them. But at the same time, if I go into the, and I'm like, well, you need to do all these things, you need to think differently, you need to not be vaccinated, you need, you know, I've kind of danced with both, both edges of that, and I'm still coming out the middle. The middle is the answer, and the middle is the heart space. And the middle is where we're always in that moment, that present moment, beyond past or future. There's always the present. So this is what you may be feeling inclined to do or embody or allow to create more of that abundance in your reality, is that yes, while we can have the, the abundance, reframe the meaning of abundance, while we might not be receiving, if you're in that full energy, a lot financially yet, particularly because it is difficult to receive financially when we change conceptual archetypes from a king, queen, magician. Well, magician will probably be another means to get to it. But let's say a, it's a conditional magician who's very good at what they do, but in a conceptual reality. And then you move understandably to a pilgrim energy, a throne of a truth-seeking, uh, even a hangman energy that, that's trying to find themselves Yes, the ability to receive is different because the mind has changed. They can no longer conceptually or conditionally receive in that conceptual reality. But that said, when we're in the heart, we receive in different means. We can attract different people in the reality. We can be more of the, this is difficult to say, but we can receive without having to conceptually do. So even the hesitation of me saying that, the, when we go and live with family or we do things differently and we're not 
we're no longer using them as a means to prove our worth conceptually, what we do or don't do, or we have to be a bit more reliant, allow ourselves to receive from other means or other people or other purposes. That's difficult for a spiritual ego to stomach the things well, I should be already receiving because I'm already better than other people. Because <laughs> the spiritual ego means it's, it's said, okay, you've had this realisation of awakening. And so now you've raised your awareness. And yes, but that, that awareness might be a different broad width, broad, I can't even say the word, broad width frequency, different perception of reality. That doesn't make us any better than anyone else, does it? But the belief, and ultimately the belief we think we're better, is ultimately that we're stuck in the ego and self-importance. We need to purify that. But to be in that receiving mode of, in the pilgrim space or in the hangman space, to change our, our, I guess, the confines of the conditions of how we believe we can receive is ultimately abundance, isn't it? To be attracted to content that uplifts our awareness and resonates with our heart, which I've been fortunate to receive consistently over the years. Conscious conversations, experiences, books, people that uplift my heart. And while they might not be necessarily financially, it has been that financial reward on all the time, on all the levels. That's still so much abundance. And even the ability to be grateful actually helps us be more abundant on different levels. So once we have gone through that experience and we can reframe the ability to receive, when we come back into that conditional world, we're not so conditionally attached to it because we look at abundance differently. Because we've reframed the meaning of how we can receive in that abundance, not necessarily through a competition 3D having to outdo or prove or basing service or the production on how, how conditioned we're received, but more how much we embody that unconditional heart space within and that energy and awareness of unconditional love and bring that appreciation, that gratitude, that joy, that bliss into whatever we're doing, whether it's Apple phones, whether it is any type of abundance that's still connected to our purpose of exper experience and expressing consciousness. We could have received on multiple levels. Thanks again for being a part of this. I pray and intend this is a value for you. It's a little bit different, different and difficult to express this authentically when, for me personally, you, I feel like I'm bridging both worlds. At one point, a shaman or someone who's very much aware of the energy and archetypes can get this and understand it very easily. But my audience, I feel, is probably while they get that, understand that, they're also wanting to be more of the entrepreneurial mindset. We want to abundantly receive. And while I still believe in the new earth, the villages and the working together, I don't think it has to be a minority. I feel it's a great awakening. I feel we're all raising our consciousness. And everything that's been occurring in our reality of last years is moving us in our direction. So rather than the hide from that meaning or that fear of what happens if we, I express my purpose or, or express my truth and no one receives, well, if we're not attached to it, we don't need to actually receive validation. And that makes us a more entrepreneurial producer of content and services that add value anyway. Bye for now.